Nintendo. For the week Welcome. of June 18th, 2015, I the am week of E3. The week of E3, that's right. And as you can tell, this show is a little different than normal in terms of audio quality. So we are recording at my hotel room. I am Jose Otero, your host. Joining me once again, Brian Altano, live from LA, and Per Schneider. Welcome. I'm losing my voice, so I'll sound differently this Yeah, week. someone's been partying perhaps a little bit. No, yeah. it's like you just got to yell over all the noise. And I did all these tours uh, around the show floor and just you got to yell the whole time. It's a loud, yeah, it's a loud very booming, yeah. very loud show. Yeah, yeah, it's a loud environment, but we still want to bring you a podcast this week. So before we continue, though, a couple things for you to know. Obviously, the audio is what it is. We will do our best to clean it up, but this is what you, this is about what you're going to get. Secondly, there's no video this week, which may upset some of you, but we will revisit some of these topics next week and have that on camera for you. So gentlemen, let's just begin with Nintendo at E3. The digital event happened on Tuesday, and... Let's sum up our feelings on it. So if I can predict, uh, ugh, if I can predict a little bit, I think this podcast is going to be like Rocky One followed by Rocky Two. <laughs> like I How think, so? well, I think with the digital event, Nintendo tried very hard, but ultimately didn't make it in the end. Okay. And then Rocky Two is going to the show floor, actually playing some of the games, yeah. and yeah. and you know the quality of the games is is generally really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the event was not awesome. No, no. Uh, it was charming. Kicked off in a charming yeah, fashion. For the sure. Jim Henson sort of uh, Nintendo Muppets were amazing. Uh, yeah. By Henson Studios. That was a really cool intro and the interstitials were really fun. But ultimately, I have seen Nintendo Directs with more like surprise announcements than I did Nintendo's digital event, which is their biggest thing at E3. Right. The package was right. What was in it was a little disappointing. It's like when you buy yogurt and then you find out like half of the thing is empty. You know, <laughs> like the, we, you kept on waiting. You're like, all right, now yeah. they're going to announce this big title or something surprising. And like if... If you just Eve, if this was just an isolated event, it'd be different. But it comes on the heels of Fallout 4 and Doom returning, right? It comes on the heels of you know both Microsoft and Sony revealing games that we've never even seen, right? Like Horizons, yeah. like all Horizon, all these yeah. like new new IP that we hadn't seen that looked like fully fledged, really beautiful, full fledged. And Nintendo had new games, IP yeah. that well, at least had new games that they showed, yeah. but. They fell within a predictable territory. You know, you had a Zelda game that is a co-op dungeon crawler that we're going to talk about. That's actually a really fun game, but it doesn't have that wow factor when you blow it up and show it on a screen during a digital event. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it shares the same sort of art style as Link Between Worlds, which makes it kind of tough to show. That look, that was a very ugly looking game in screenshots, but in in practice, like actually playing it, it was gorgeous. It you know, looks actually, great, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, there's something you said, you said the word but, and that's after Zelda. I feel like every one of their announce, announcements carried that sort of like, but it's like there was a new Animal Crossing for Wii U, but it's a it's a party game. It's the, Animal Crossing meets the game of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with Amiibo support, right? So yeah. it's not the big Amiibo game that we're hoping now, yeah. or yeah. the big Animal Crossing we were hoping for. Yeah, there's a there's a Metroid game. Wow, but it's a three v three sports game or a multiplayer <laughs> like, and it's got a chibi art style, you know. Yeah. Like, so yeah. that game didn't show particularly well, but when we get to the part about playing it. Like I feel like we are a little more open to it than most people would be willing to. Like that trailer was not a great way to show that game. The art style on that game didn't no. look very good. But and it also bears the horrible task of being a game with the words Metroid Prime on it. Like already Which, the expectations on something like that after it's been five years since a since a Metroid game, that's a lot to ask of any. Yeah, yeah. We can. I mean, we we obviously played it, so. Um, the moment the game, like, I, I saw it in the conference, I'm like, oh, no, please don't let this be the only sighting of Metroid in here because people will flip out, right? Yeah, they it, did. And it they did. just, it, it is not a pretty game. Even when I played it in person later, it is not a pretty game. It's like, it reminds me of something like last generation you would have gotten from Bandai, like yeah. a game you've never heard yeah. of, really kind of sloppy around the edges. And the developer is obviously capable, right? Yeah. Right. It's next level games, yeah, right? They've done some really good stuff. I feel like it's probably really, really early for this title. But then I also think the Metroid license isn't right for this. 
Mm-hmm. It's like if Metroid is this this game set in a world you're a solitary warrior. It's scary. They're monsters. You're exploring, and then you get this like cyber soccer game, like this weird kind of weaker version of Ball. So Blazer, we have some you know? context on why this is a game that is a spinoff title in the Metroid universe. Really? We're actually going to run a story on that on IGN. I don't right. want to get too much in the weeds on it because I do think that after talking to Tanabe, he has opened up. Uh, my, I'm willing to try it more so than when I saw the trailer and I was just like, oh, this just looks so bad. I yeah. don't know if I'd even want to go near this thing. But talking to him and hearing more about the ideas they have in play, the systems they're trying to go with, the loadouts and ideas to get four people to cooperatively do something, and the reason for it on a story perspective, I was a lot more open to the idea. But the response from people on the internet, and I don't blame them for this, was I don't want this game. I mean, you looked at Nintendo's YouTube page and the dislike to yeah, like ratio yeah, on our was page huge. Too. Yeah. yeah, so then you look at like uh, the number of views, and there are a lot of people who had nothing to say. So right. I don't know. I don't know what this spells. So out. there's a there was there was there's a time where a game like this can fit, right? And it's within the context of when there is that sort of resurgence of Metroid. When we got Metroid Prime Pinball, it's a goofy, stupid game, but it's actually pretty fun. And had it been the only Metroid Prime game in five years, people would have been so pissed off. The yeah. reality is Metroid. Metroid Prime Pinball came in between three Metroid Prime games, two uh, Metroid games for the Game Boy Advance that were very traditional. We had Zero Mission and we had uh, Fusion. And at, we were at the, actually at the point where people played Fusion and they're like, ah, it's not it's not the best Metroid. Mm-hmm. But now I would kill for a game like that because yeah. we don't get anything like that anymore. So seeing this, uh, if had it been coupled with a, a larger announcement, I would have been like, cool, that's a little appetizer, right? But seeing this as the main course for Metroid bums me out, especially because they said uh, that the actual full-fledged Metroid that we want, the console one, uh, won't be ready until the NX because it will take three years to make. To which I said, great, why didn't you start making it three years ago? Sure, sure. No, that's fair. Okay, so I'm playing it by now. Let's, let's talk of, about a few of their successes, all right? So we said, obviously, it was an entertaining package. It was rolled out in a, in a style that the digital event seems to be where they save some of their best material, some of their cooler like ways to present games. Yeah. Um, the Activision Skylanders deal was a big deal. Huge like, deal. crossover, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that crossover is a big deal. It's not a big deal to perhaps hardcore gamers. It's not a big deal, um, I feel, to the people in this room. But it is a big deal in terms of Skylanders and Amiibo are both really hot right now. Yeah, and you wouldn't have expected that, right? It's like when two rival companies get together, right? Like, uh, if you remember Roger Rabbit or something, yeah. where you have, like, Warner and Disney in the same movie, people were like, what? This is the same thing. Like, yeah. Nintendo is encroaching on the Skylanders marketplace by making Amiibo, and suddenly they've got this crossover and have like Bowser and Donkey Kong and Skylanders. And the solution is very elegant, right? You just yeah. twist the base, which we held these figures. Andrew Gofarb and I saw them up close. They look really good. Do you I like mean, them? I think they look chintzy. Some yeah. people called out that, and I will admit this, that I think they look good in game. I think the actual figures themselves, I think you said this, were Happy, kind of Happy Meal toy like. Yeah. Plas- the plastic looks so yeah. different from the regular Amiibo, and obviously it's on purpose to match that universe. Yeah. 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 But I was, I gotta say, I'm not a fan of either one of them, so we'll see. Maybe the I plastic like Bowser's changes. Pose. I did not like Donkey Kong's yeah. pose so much, right? It just, it looked kind of weird. And also, he looks very James Brown with that whole, not <laughs> yeah. James Brown, but he looks very like, it's an Evil Knievel suit, kind of, and yeah. it's just, oh, I, I see, like the kind strange. of 70s suit. Yeah, yeah. it's very so bizarre. I, I actually love the design because He's Elvis, practically. Uh, yeah. Since I do hate them, I won't wow. be buying them. So really? I hate, just save. hate, like, just I don't out. like them at all. I do not like the design at all. I don't like the style. I think they're very garish. I think that they're, like, kind of cheap looking, and I'm not a fan of them. It sort of reminds me of when a Batman movie came out when you were a kid, and you'd go to the store to get Batman action figure, but they'd only have, like, sub aquatic Batman or, like, all the yeah. weird ones with like plastic all over them. Let me ask you this though: on this show, we have talked about how, despite Skylanders having sort of a an art direction that we're not very fond of, the figures themselves are we've said on the show are well made. Yeah, so it surprises me a lot to hear you two so like kind of going at. This I actually, I mean, I have a lot of Skylanders at home. My, my kids well, play that this game. Is a secret. You no. never talked about this before. No, we have Skylanders. I Who's just kids? don't. I don't. I don't have the the desire to collect them at all. And honestly, the kids are kind of bored with it and have, have moved on. Right. Okay. It's good. It's a good game. I mean, it's Gauntlet with toys, right? And I do feel like the regular Skylanders look a little 
different. You don't have a frame of reference. So when you look at fish guy or tree guy with a flamethrower, you're like, that's cool. But when you see Donkey Kong, you know what he looks like. And in this case, we have a comparison. The Bowser and Donkey Kong Amiibo right. are really nice. You but know? you look at the, the original game ones. and Vicarious Visions oh, did do a fantastic they job. They look great in game. Yeah. yeah, I saw the gameplay where you're piloting uh, with Bowser and yeah, yeah. the character is huge on yeah, screen. Yeah, looks but, really good. But like I said, I'm happy that I don't like them okay. because now I've saved thousands of dollars. Well, not to, well they're I won't only be buying selling them. two. They're both. So the way that Nintendo plans to get around distribution and communicating to people what this is, right? Because you don't want to run the risk of someone can buy the Skylander, take it home to the PS4, PS3, whatever version, and it doesn't work because yeah. that's not good. Is they're only available through the starter set for uh, Wii U. Ah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or for, I guess, if that game's still on Wii, which I don't know if it is, but regardless, like that's the only way you can get, and it's only Bowser and Donkey Kong. It's only a vehicle and something else. For so now. Yeah. For now is a good point. And yeah, we tried to now. ask about that because we had an interview with Hirschberg and with uh, Reggie, and yeah. both of them just kind of, obviously, they're going to dance, Hirschberg right? They're going to die. Being the head of Activision. Yes, that's right. CEO of Activision Publishing. Because, right. Jose, I remember when I only had two Amiibo. Now <laughs> I have a shelf that's so, about to collapse. Okay, we can't. Uh-oh. Let's, Uh-oh. Get, let's get Amiibo. No, let's get Amiibo out of the way quickly. Uh-oh. Yeah, let's get it real quick. The display case with all the Amiibo. Oh, I thought you were going to help me. No, was God like, yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. Jose pretends yeah. like he doesn't care about him, Amiibo. He has them all except so for I have, Buff. So, so I go. blame my roommate for buying all of Wave 4 and having them in the house. It's kind of like bringing a drug around someone who quit. Uh, yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden them getting like, ah, I was on these. So, yeah. yes. I beat up to me. I thought I was out. I thought they I was pulled out. Pulled me back yeah. in. And they pulled me back in. Mm-hmm. I'm only missing Jigglypuff now. All right. Yeah. So, Welcome back. So, yeah. And I didn't pay more than I had to for these things, just to clarify for the record. I hate the fact that I ended up buying these again, by the so way. So you're actually miss- missing a whole bunch more. First of all, the Animal Crossing Amiibo look awesome. Oh, yeah. They're, they're really good. so good. Are you going to get those? Did you notice that the base has uh, sort of a, the grass texture? The grass yeah. texture. Yeah, yeah. The leaves you asked them, Are you going to get those? Oh, yeah. I'm You're kidding! I, I know they look really cool, though. I might not do the cards. She's so gonna, she gonna kick you out. Bro. I know my wife's gonna leave me. Your wife's gonna um, be like, "We're over." So I'll, I'll say, like, I'm consistently amazed at how much the quality of things these things are improving. The Rob the Robot Amiibo are awesome. They have two versions. The, yeah, there's two versions. The Duck Hunt Dog looks awesome. Yeah, but I they're mean, still on the coin base. The Animal Crossing one, they're getting closer and closer to getting a lot better at poses, yeah. a lot better at yeah. like just design in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I got, it's I got, not like a villager. Forehead edition. I got to hold the uh, the Yoshi. Wait, the Yoshi. Mira. They let you hold it or they let you squeeze it. Oh, I, <laughs> I almost stole it. You can actually watch our video. And I they did. had a policy. They don't let anybody pick them up. Yeah, really? I don't know whether you weren't yeah. supposed to see something under the base. It was kind of silly. I'm like, okay. I'm trying to grab. He's like, Yeah, you can squeeze it, but you can't hold it. I'm like, yeah. I can squeeze it. You can squeeze it. <laughs> and then he squeezed it, and you heard honk. No, okay. no, no. Yoshi. This squishy. This squishy, and they're adorable. There's, you yeah. needed to pinch it to know it's yeah. squishy. No, um, I want I want to give a quick shout out to Allison Rapp. She came on our show like seven yes, times yes, this from Treehouse, and I did all the interviews with her on on our live show, and she brought. Uh, the Yoshi Amiibo and I was let you and I was playing with it on camera for ten minutes. I almost put it in my pocket. I wanted to leave. They would not let me keep it. But that's I got I got up okay. close and personal. All right, so I'm going to get us back on track a little bit here because we were focusing yeah, on, on no no I mean but we were focusing on more. We're, we're getting a little in the weeds, right? Sure. The general reception. So a couple of other victories I feel for Nintendo at this thing. They showed Fire Emblem in English. There is other footage of that game they showed before, but it looks really good. It's Fire Emblem Fates. Fates. Yeah. Yes, which is a I like that title. Fates yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. good. If is a funny title. It sounds like somebody didn't finish typing the, yeah. the sentence. It works in <laughs> if <band>. only. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's like when someone's texting you and they hit send by accident. Uh-huh. That's when you're like, wait, if, what does that mean? Fire Emblem. If um, I feel <laughs> it's uh, next year though. Yoshi's Woolly World looked really well, and That's I also gorgeous. really liked that uh, they had a you know a, a woman who works at Nintendo on camera, sort of speaking to that game. I feel like yeah. more and more we're seeing that shift, right? Where it's not just a boys' <laughs> show anymore at, at E3, and it's not just you know develop, male developers kind of telling you why something about a game is cool and this is actually the person who according to that video at least made the first Wooly Amiibo like the Wooly Yoshi and that turned into the Amiibo idea later okay um, let's see what else Uh, really quickly I mean just showing Yokai Watch I was glad to see that right it was only trailer form it wasn't a backstory but at least showing that they're committed to like pushing that game here in the west but I mean the interesting thing here is 
You know, they chose to show Woolly World, Mario Maker, Yokai Watch, Fire Emblem, Cross Megami Tensei, yep. all these games that have been announced previously. That's and right. that they're covering, and we are covering, and everybody's covering at length from the show. That's right. And so if that is the E3 announcement, please be excited for the future of these devices approach, that didn't quite work, right? right. Because yeah. you're not, you're going, oh yeah, Mario Maker, it looks awesome, by the way, we'll talk about that a little bit more because sure. it is freaking awesome. It is. Um, but like, you're not getting excited you're waiting for something new that tells you this is why I bought the Wii U and this is why I own the 3DS and I will say I think the 3DS was well represented there were lots of games coming out where I'm excited for the platform's future and having a new Zelda game this soon is really really cool um, they didn't do that for the Wii U and so, that's where like the conference ended and you're like sitting there and you're going like that's it sure sure I do feel though yeah. in their defense thank god for more 3DS games in this thing because last year our mm. feedback was where were your 3DS games yeah we're right? never I feel like, that's true yeah there was that shift and I was glad to see them do that but last year along with mostly focusing on Wii U they had the reveal of Splatoon they had the reveal of Mario Maker they had the reveal of Kirby and the Rainbow Curse and they had the first footage 30 seconds of Zelda yeah. that is four things that caught us by surprise well Mario Maker wasn't a huge surprise well, Yoshi, right? Leaked. Wasn't Yoshi there too? Uh, but that was the first time we saw it in motion, not really the first time it was announced. Got it. Got yeah, it. we had seen screenshots of Yoshi, so sure. I, I don't really count it so much. And I may be missing one more thing, but already those four things had us excited about the future yeah. of what was going to happen with Wii U. And when you look at this year's conference, you didn't have announcements that were even close to like impressing you that way and I fear part of the reason is because they didn't have it they didn't have yeah. something to show that was that impressive and part of it is also you know we I, I feel like we said before the show you know we said we, we don't think this is going to be the Megaton show but then you're thinking about it, you're like ah oh, they gotta have a Mario game we all talked about our dreams and hopes we knew Star Fox was going to be the big attraction right yeah, that was the focus yeah. and that was absolutely the focus and they kicked it off but yeah they did not have the kicker they did not have the surprise or anything that really makes you walk away from the event and tell somebody else. And like, again, Sunday, I told all my friends about Fallout 4. Monday, I tell all my friends about Star Wars and Uncharted. And, and you know, some games had a week showing, like Call of Duty and uh, Halo, I thought, didn't Halo have 5 a strong show showing. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody's perfect, but then Tomb Raider looked really good at yeah. the Xbox conference, right? We were recording, even though that's just a And the, whole, the HoloLens demonstration was cool. So you had all these exciting talking points, and then when the Nintendo event was over, I was like... Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, there's yeah. nothing I can tell. Well, when others the Muppet was really that exciting. interstitials are more exciting than the things you show. Yeah, yeah. And again, a Nintendo Direct, uh, you can take a Nintendo. You could grab two or three Nintendo Directs from yeah. the year that had more fun announcements and like surprise and, announcements. Well, and I, I, had, I had said this uh, on our on our our pre-show before the Nintendo conference, but um, E3 is about hitting home runs, and Nintendo is more interested in singles and doubles. Like, right? yeah. and they those singles and doubles add up. You know, you yeah. you can score some runs doing that. This is a, a you know very long baseball metaphor. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you every now and then you have to knock it out the park. You have to go. This is our thing, and they did that last year with Zelda, and they didn't do that this year with anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like. I mean, I don't think they sat there they say, and, and they said, hey, we have this game, and it looks really good, but let's hold it for yeah. like in a month's time, because the inclusion of, you know, the Metroid game shows you that they were showing stuff that was not finished, that right. was... That was honestly in rough shape. Yeah, you know? yeah, and in like, Metroid's case, that was that was yeah. a big Which, problem. Like the game, I um, you know, the, there are actually a lot of kind of like cyber football, soccer games, right? Like there's Rocket League where you're playing soccer with cars, and they're fast paced and they're exciting by comparison. I think. Well, and you're this, talking this specifically game, about Blast Ball. Yeah, part Blast of Ball. Federation like Force. Blast Ball is Which just is surprising because next level games made Strikers, and that is a fast game and exciting. that is absolutely on the same like sort of idea you can say yeah. uh, it was very unfortunate that that was but had that, that game had that Metroid Prime Federation Force been announced alongside a Samus game mm -hmm. yeah either Wii U or whatever no one would be, have been as upset no. as the way no. they took it when they saw that so I think no. the ultimate I mean going back to Bethesda if Bethesda had done the show and announced only Fallout Shelter that's what happened here with Metroid yeah. yeah Fallout Shelter is a small cute enjoyable tiny tower Fallout game it's not amazing I, I enjoy You've it but it's not it? that great yeah, yeah. It's, it's good but or, not amazing or if Bethesda had announced Fallout Soccer <laughs> Fallout Soccer because that's right. how this felt that's what thinking happened. a nuclear football is that what yeah. it is <laughs> alright no, so I'm 
I'm going to give this game a chance to shine in the future, but right now, not. So okay. it's not it's not pretty, but I did play it, and it's it it, it controls well. It's okay. tight. Um, I think that I'm kind of glad they're not using stylus controls like they did in Metro Prime Hunters. You know, it's it Dude, feels like if you if I told you right now you got to buy this for 15 bucks, would you immediately go to your 3ds and download it? And I mean, I. After even after playing whoa, 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 it, I would whoa, whoa, not download it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But you are making that judgment call on just Blast Ball, which is yeah. a part of it. And I do want to share with you some of the stuff right. we learned from Tanabe in terms of the the four player gameplay. And I'm really disappointed because during the interview, I, I basically said to him like. The game you're describing sounds a lot more interesting than what you chose to bring okay. here. Yeah. So what was like, that? Why what, didn't it what show? is the interesting factor? Uh, I find the interesting factor being, first of all, I, I do like co-op gameplay in a lot of games. The idea of exploring a space, carrying out certain missions in that space, every character has to choose a loadout and mm-hmm. each weapon, the weapons in that loadout, have a certain weight to them. So you can't be sort of a badass. You have to work on a teammate okay. to help you get through it. So there are recovery items. There's a slow beam, apparently, that one person going to carry. There's a super missile that someone else can carry that's really, really heavy, but yeah. it ultimately has a good payoff. And I feel like if the boss design is as, as good as Metro Prime boss design can be, that would be a redeemable factor for yeah. that game. I think it absolutely would be. We had a conversation why did about they focus one so much on Just further. I along. think that's all they had to show right now. Yes. And I think that was the problem. I can't quite recall what the exact reasoning was, but he said it just wasn't ready to show. Right. They did show some other gameplay of Federation Force itself on Treehouse Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did describe a boss encounter to me where like you had to shoot like four different weak points and coordinate it so that the boss would fall down and then one other weak point opens up. And so it sounded like there was some deeper elements to this game than what we're led to believe. But sadly, when you show the trailer you showed, none of that was communicated. Yeah. And when you don't have that on the show floor, none of that is communicated. Yeah, no, that makes that sense. That was a real bad decision on their part. And you know what the other bad decision was? Was finding out from Miyamoto that they had Zelda footage to show and chose not to. Yeah. We have a story about that on IGN. Yeah, that's tough. Miyamoto told us that Zelda is still a Wii U game. Obviously, we don't know if that means it's also for whatever NX is because there is the vague gaming, the dedicated gaming platform. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know if that's a console or if that's something else. But, I mean, if it was a PC thing, like, it, <laughs> we would just, it, our minds would explode. But I will say that finding that out, right, that their reasoning being that it, it, it isn't coming out in the next six to eight months didn't make sense to us and we pressed Reggie on that where he said well we focus this direct we focus our digital events on six to eight month windows I'm like yeah but when you showed this game last year it wasn't coming out in the six to eight month window and if you want to take it even further and I didn't mention this there when you showed Xenoblade X that wasn't six to eight months you're showing uh, Shin Megami Cross Fire Emblem are you committing to that being six to eight months Um, you know there are other things they've shown in the past that didn't really fit that so I don't understand the the hesitation I don't know and and, I mean it is it is a problem because there wasn't anything else to fill that gaping hole. That's the thing. Right? That is the, you can hold Zelda when you, you have something, like if, even if they had something like a Splatoon to announce, like something we, like a new IP we didn't know about, that would have been great. But yeah. they, they just, you know, there were a lot of smaller cool games. I mean, Mario, Paper Mario, um, the crossover game between Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario. Right. It's, it's cool. Paper like, Jam. I'm yeah. Paper Jam. I'm, I'm excited to see it, but it's not like... That is not the big megaton. And I do want to call us out on this show because last year at E3, we were lukewarm on Splatoon. We weren't sure how exactly to interpret that game. And now we are playing that game a lot. We we play it it. all the time and we do love it. So there is an opportunity for, I feel, some of these announcements they showed to turn around. Although I will say, last thing on the negative front, before we go on to impressions, is the way they chose to show the Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem, <laughs> which is now called Sharp Cross FE or something. Sharp FE. For now, we're Till the number sign. 14. It was just. In, it, like, I saw a tweet that said, Too many waifu in this trailer. Because it just, you could not comprehend what the game was. Yeah. It was just character, character. J pop, character. Much better J pop this time. Well, I had a huge problem last time. This one, I was okay. And it was but, all in Japanese, and yeah. there were no subtitles. So it was basically like, Hey, check out this game we're yeah. making in Japan. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea what was going on. Yeah, and it was, and was... according to uh, folks on, on Twitter, for example, a uh, friend of the show, Farm Boy in Japan, uh, Kyle McClain, he was like, Don't worry, guys. Not translating this didn't mean anything because this was all tropey anime dialogue garbage. Yeah. Like, you did not need to know what they said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> None of it mattered. 
That's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, I guess we've talked this to death, but yeah. it was a disappointing show. I, the games they did bring, though, we're going to get into it after the break, uh, were fun to play. But any final thoughts? Just yeah, I mean, the only I saw it, um, a petition spring up after um, you know after the Metroid Prime announcement to say do not bring this out. It's like that's silly, guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it may turn out to be a fun game. It was shown too early, and it's shown in the right light. I will agree with people that. This did not need the Metroid license. No. It does not do it justice. It doesn't feel like it. It feels outside of the genre that mm -hmm. we love Metroid for. But it might turn out to be fun. So don't don't call for someone's head until you've heard him speak. Yeah, it is kind of silly the petition. I thought. What about you, Brian? Um, I was I wasn't <clears throat> super enthused by it. I uh, warmed up once I actually got on the show floor and played them. When you walk by their booth, it, it actually sort of looks like there's a bigger thing than there actually is. You see Yoshi, you see Zelda, you see Mario, you see Star Fox. Yeah, and that's kind of like man, that's a good presence. But I was a little worried that the literal only third party game announced for Wii U was Just Dance. And Which everyone froze at the Ubisoft conference when they heard coming to Wii. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, continue. And so, Skylanders. And Skylanders, yeah. So, I mean, I really feel like now more than ever, they're on an island. And it's a cool island with some stuff on it, but they are all alone out there. Like, no one is making 3DS games, no one is making Wii U games. Well, they are handling all that on their own. I, I mean, I would I would dial that back a little. It does feel that way, but you do have, like, Bravely Second coming. Yeah. Yeah. You do have uh, the occasional, like, Atlas-developed RPG game that is still selling on 3DS or being made for 3DS. But you are seeing an absence of the volume you yeah. saw on DS. But on we DS. know the reason. We all know the reason. Portable gaming is in the strangest place because of smartphones, because of yeah. tablets. It has been this. This has been the same story for the past what two years? Yeah. Three years. I mean, now? we saw the same thing. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida confirmed with us uh, on IGN that there's no more AAA first-party titles are coming to Vita. Like mm -hmm. yeah. handheld gaming might be dying. And to say that on the Nintendo podcast scares me because that is a cornerstone of gaming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know my cornerstone point. of their business right yeah. now. You know my viewpoint there's still a difference between a $600 device that shatters into a million pieces when you drop it and a 3DS that's built sturdy when it comes to a family device yeah. right and like mm -hmm. I do think that handheld gaming can persist in that family market <clears throat> and we you know all being Peter Pan's around this table here <laughs> can benefit from that because we love those games and we yeah. keep on playing them and there are, there are many of our listeners are in the same boat and so right. I think the Vita is in much bigger trouble because that is a portable console and already smartphones are as pow powerful right. as that device right yeah. yeah but it was one cool piece of kit and I've always said that on this show before and so it is sort of a case where it's unfortunate to see that that yeah. has pretty much... I mean, indies are the only thing keeping that thing alive right yeah, now. Yeah. That and maybe Dance All Night Persona. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. people do care but, about that. But that's why it was <coughs> nice. In the West. In the West. But that's why, you know, like in this Direct, at least it was nice to see Nintendo support for the 3DS. Right? Yeah, it like, was. Lots we, of it. Uh, let's not forget how awesome Fire Emblem is, right? That that coming. And then on top of that, you get, you know, new Paper Mario RPG um, and a whole bunch of uh, smaller titles, Yokai Watch. Yeah, so yeah. that was good. We're getting a multiplayer Zelda game. But, like, that's cool. You know? All, I mean, all I needed was a side scrolling Metroid. In yeah. It. And then I would have been really excited for the th uh, 3DS. But you know what? Future. Look at how bad Federation 4 showed. I mean, had yeah. they shown something else that was that rough and that early, that could have been a problem. And you know Nintendo, right? They're not a company to show a logo and move on yeah. in the digital event. That's not how it works for them. Yeah. But at the same time, I think. This E3 proved that the digital event can hurt them because if they don't have something ready to show that is going to surprise and delight and shock you, you are going to be left flat regardless yeah. of how charming the message is given to you. Yeah, I think they learned that lesson the hard way, this E3. Yeah. I think even splitting the Smash Brothers thing out as, as its own thing instead of tucking away some of those announcements in the direct could have helped. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, everything yeah. Everything sort of by proximity looks better when you yeah. get to announce new characters, especially someone like me, Ryu. I yeah. mean, yeah, that leaked, but had it not and had it been part of the direct, people would have actually, you know, that's a big chunk of good news. And yeah. Smash Brothers is awesome. So to have all that stuff and to split it out as its own thing, it didn't make any sense to yeah. me. Yeah, that was weird to me too. And it's unfortunate that you know Hyrule Warriors and and you leaked in advance, but I don't think it would have fundamentally changed the flavor of that. No, I don't right? think so at all. It, it needed that Wii U Megaton or even a mini bomb. It needed yeah. something in there <laughs> super to bomb? get you to think, hey, after Star Fox, I'm really excited for this game. <clears throat> like, you know, we know all the Animal Crossing spin offs are going to be fun games, but they're not 
as substantial as a full game. Got it. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, you may have noticed we haven't talked about Star Fox Zero. And that's because we are pretty divided. But stay tuned. We'll be telling you all about it in our live show from E3 and Jose's hotel room. And welcome back. Jose Otero here with Pear Schneider and Brian Altano. What's up? And let's kick it off with talking about Star Fox Zero, which was revealed at the beginning of the Nintendo Digital event. Very cute reveal, too, just because the whole Muppets thing fits in line with Thunderbirds, which was a big influence on Star Fox. We all know that, right? Miyamoto has told the story. But I will say... Star Fox Zero's art style plays it incredibly safe. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to put it. I think, first of all, if you've only seen it in 30 frames per second on the direct, it does look better. When you see it on a TV screen, it is very, very smooth. It does look better. But the texture quality and the overall look is very GameCube. Yeah. Very GameCube. Yeah, very. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Like the, especially, I mean, the ships and there's a lot of cool sheen and stuff and obviously it's being made by Platinum, right? Yeah. If you look at Bayonetta, that game has insane effects and some really impressive visuals. Yeah. And so I was expecting, you know, knowing that it was Platinum, I was expecting a little bit more visual panache, all, like something. Uh, all of the right ingredients are, are there, right? But yeah. like the, the recipe's not good. Yeah. I don't understand how Bayonetta looks amazing, and these they're, they're working oh, on this. What? Hang on, let's let's dial that back. Bayonetta's art direction, like I, I love Bayonetta as a combat game, and I love it as an action game, but that art direction is garish. Oh it's yeah, bloody. I, it is. Totally it's something that I am accustomed to because I like the first game and I like the second game a lot. I mean, I yeah. gave it a good score on IGN, but I wouldn't say that it is a great looking series by right. any stretch of right. the imagination. But look at the but look at the effects, like just seeing the dragon and like the the kind of the creatures and the bosses. It's like complete insanity. And they're like, I, I hear you, it has a it's a, has a very gutsy art style. Yeah. This it, this felt like Platinum was like, all right, we gotta we gotta make it look like Star Fox, right? Or like it was the, Nintendo yeah. saying we gotta make it yeah. look like Star Fox? And so, and that's that's kind of the curse of Star Fox, though, right? Mm-hmm. Is that to, to to a lot of people now, Star Fox is a franchise that was built off of artistic. Uh, abilities coupled with technical limitations. Technical limitations define the look of Star Fox. The original, like the 64, original, right? The original 64. Uh, I mean, the original, the FX chip for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Having that put in there created these polygon models that now turned into the ship, and everything was very angular and triangular mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that uh, made its way to the N64, and then that sort of has defined the look ever since. So now you can't really go crazy with uh, new designs and new ideas when half of the enemies you're fighting these days are still triangles and squares, you know? Yeah. yeah, and it does feel like looking at Star Fox Zero, and I, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but art direction-wise, that series peaked in 1997 yeah. because they seem to continue to hang on to the look from 1997. We've talked about it on the show. We have a Star Fox episode, which you can go back and listen to, but Star Fox Assault was a radical, I think, visual reinvention of those things that right. we, we recognize from Star Fox. They redesigned the R-Wing. They redesigned the Landmaster. They redesigned all the characters, mm-hmm. some in horribly, horribly awful ways, but the ships themselves look good. But I will say that I like that they took that risk. When you look at, and I hate to use this by comparison, but I will, when you saw Zelda last year, that art direction, the quality of that art direction blew you away, and it didn't matter what platform that thing was on. The minute you looked at Star Fox Zero, it did come across as underwhelming, and I don't know if it's because it's not finished or because this is all you're getting, and I'm a bit torn on that. No, I think I think partially it's because it's not finished. I think some environments will look more impressive, right? When you're in space, I think they can spend a bit more yeah. oomph on making the enemy designs unique because mm-hmm. there were a lot of angular things like in the uh, Corneria level like I was like are those tanks flying around like yeah. they looked very like big fat square yeah. tanks right I, I did get to play more levels than you guys okay. I so you saw some it. better stuff I saw some better stuff particularly I recall the Landmaster stage that I played which yeah. I was searching for the name for but I don't seem to have it somewhere Yeah, and uh, that stage looked impressive to me it shows up in the sure. direct briefly you see the Landmaster go from its tank mode to its hover mode and that's also something I really do like about this game that there is sort of a 
transformation. You have the power of choice in terms of that you can go from Arwing to Walker or from Landmaster yeah. Tank to sort of a floating version of that. And those transformations seem to work really well. And Miyamoto has told us there's a possibility for more vehicles, which yeah. I, know, I, I know your immediate response to that when I told you was, please don't bring back the submarine. Yeah, the submarine right? was, the submarine so, was slow. so slow. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. um, and this, this Star Fox's submarine right now is the gyrocopter, which is sort of this hovercraft style vehicle. I didn't get that, to play that. Yeah, I, I, it, it, I don't think it was the vehicle's fault so much as the level felt aimless. I wasn't mm-hmm. clear to me in a stealth level where I was going, and mm-hmm. I found that very frustrating. But I will say the two-screen concept I'm fine with it. And I know you guys seem a bit more split on it. Like I was able Hard, to control split, my, yeah, I did yeah. that. Uh, you, I was able to control my R-Wing with minimal problem and use the gamepad. But I will say that standing to hold up a gamepad the way they wanted me to was awkward. But I was able to adjust. I shot things down. I even showed you I'm pretty good at this game when we went over to Nintendo just recently at the, do- at the booth. Yeah. I want to hear what you guys think. Well, I, I think... You know, I, I still feel like when you're asked to constantly switch back between two two screens is a little distracting, right? Mm-hmm. It's less it's less you know less so in a game like uh, you know Ubisoft. What was the zombie game? The Zombie Zombie uh, Yeah, Zombie U. <laughs> it was that you you look down to look into your backpack. So I felt like that was kind of like a cool natural thing here. Like you're asked to switch back and forth and even use the bottom screen as kind of like a closer zoom. Yeah. The first time I played it, there was something messed up with the gamepad. Yeah, we had to get it fixed. The reticule kept on like listing left, so it was really annoying. I'm like, why does this game control like this? I was I was honestly confused. I, I was having a hard time. The second time I played it, it was much better. Um, I think the aiming with the gamepad is going to work. You do have to recalibrate and reset a lot, mm-hmm. it felt yeah. like. And I that takes me out of the game, and it feels it feels a little fussy. I'm, I'm actually worried that... People who don't play shooters like space shooters very often will have a hard time playing this game because it demands a lot of it, right? uh, yeah, banking, spin, spinning, right? Like keeping track of those controls, locking on, switching views, looking at the cockpit view. It's very complex. But and because it's complex, oh, I'm sorry, I just want to add this. Mm-hmm. Because it's complex, they did manage, they did take something away from it. Like we were talking uh, when you were playing just now. Uh, the rep that was there mentioned that the smart bomb is gone. And right. I was like, oh my god, I didn't even know this. But they, they sort of limited the control, so it's just one button to fire and one button to charge up and then shoot a lock-on sort of orbit. Yeah, and you can speed up and down with the right seat. St- the there right is some stick. cool stuff yeah. there, exactly. You know, I was going to say, you know, Star Fox worked well forever. It never had an issue controlling. So why break that? I do like some of the changes to this, man. Like, I have to say, but I agree with Pear that it is asking a lot because so, there is something cool to flying in one direction and shooting in the other. The problem I think there is is that if you're just trying to go by the TV to do that, you're getting frustrated because you're missing because right. they do want you to peek down and see where that target is. But that's this, asking a this, lot. This is coming from a company that has spent the last 10 years simplifying control mechanisms yeah, and know. inviting people in. Yeah. Like with, with the DS's touch screen, people got it. With the Wii remote, people got it. You put this thing in the hand of a 95-year-old woman and <laughs> she was like, I know exactly what to do. And I feel to some degree, to your point, that the same, and I, I mean, I'm not, I hate to play armchair designer here, but you could almost get the same effect of moving in one direction and aiming in the other with a Wii remote and nunchuck. Like right. why, why put that on the gamepad? And I think it's because they think it is a smart idea, but I think... Unfortunately for people, it's very take it or leave it, and it's, it's polarizing. It's, I mean, I again, it's one of those things where I appreciate that they try something different. And like, you know, Splatoon, I now have motion controls on. You plan it right. Yeah, no, I turned it it's off at first. Time. And then I'm like, you know what? It's actually nicer now to kind of look left while I'm walking forward. So right? I'm motion Jesus, you could be motion Moses. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. very nice. Right. Jesus cool. in your case. Yeah, yeah. all right, exactly. Um, but, um, very nice. It's good. Um, but <laughs> Motion Jesus. No, no, my, my issue is not with the motion controls in... Um, in in like aiming no in aiming like if that was just it like you're aiming left and right I think it would work actually really nicely so my issue is like I was just I'm just very familiar with with Star Fox and with Conaria and I had I had a hard time I'm like wait where am I looking what why why do I have to look yeah, down right yeah. and then I didn't quite like the the cinematic view like when you're running when you're flying around in in the free mode right like mm-hmm. um like I wasn't really sure. And, and maybe that's also kind of like when you're at E3 and you're rushed and you're, you're demoing something, you don't get this kind of like, let me try these things and it doesn't matter if I die because you do want to advance right now because yeah. you have very little time. Yep. So like, it just, it didn't all click for me. But 
but it was fun. I mean, like it, it was like returning to the world of Star Fox. I played the sex, Sector 3 level. Mm-hmm. Is that Sector 3? Yeah, three, yeah, right? that was Sector 3. Um, you're, it's almost like a Halo-like structure, and you're right. flying around, you're, you're uh, fighting Pigma, I think it mm-hmm. was. And yeah. that, that felt very natural and yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't have an issue with that one. Yeah. So I'll say that, like, just to sort of cap off my thoughts on this, uh, I, I think I'll get used to the controls. I think it's one of those things that it will become intuitive after a while and sort of become second nature. Um, the best Nintendo cameras are the ones you don't have to think about, and yeah. I feel like this is the opposite of that. Um, but it, it is complex. It's, it's a good very point. complex. It's a good but, point. but if I have to sort of, like, earn my my trust with it, my relationship with it, and I'll all of a sudden get it after a while, that'll be okay. The art direction thing does bum me out because we have seen stuff like uh, you Mario know, Kart. Like Mario Kart. <laughs> well, Mario Kart looks incredible, but like just in terms of actual arts, art direction, yeah. if you look at Yoshi's Woolly World, it's gorgeous, and they, they picked the style and they nailed it. You look at Paper Mario, you look at Kirby. Kirby, it's Rainbow clay, Kirby. right? Yeah. And then for Star Fox, they showed off these puppets, and I was like, what if? Like, what if the entire game was kind of that sort of puppeteer style? Like oh, everything, I see. Everything looked like it was made, it was tangible, and you saw, like, strings and things yeah. like that. Like, I think there's a way to, to nail that. This just feels like a video game. Okay. Yeah, and right, I think so the biggest issue is the, the backgrounds look very GameCube. Yeah. And that's maybe something they can upgrade. Yeah, like, it the could forest be a sign of it on the yeah. mountains look, look honestly Yeah, bad. and it's hard to, it's hard to uh, write to that at E3, right? Because it's still very much like, how, how complete is this game? But if yeah. it is a holiday game, it does depend on okay well then when did this build get finished was this three months ago was this this month I, th- month? I think it needs another six months ten months in the oven like I don't think it's yeah, and, uh, yeah but if that happens like they don't have a holiday game and I think no. that's a problem I don't know guys I mean it's a, it's a different game right when you develop an, an Elder Scrolls game like you need a long time to re- refine things because you bug test. This is a much more closed yeah. and rails experience where I do think that they can add a lot of polish and sheen in the end I mean Let's I hope. like that it's. I like that it's 60 frames per second. That they're locking it in yep. at that. They, Nintendo did with F Zero X. They said, "Hey, these cars and tracks are not going to be that detailed. Right. That's because we want it to be smooth and feel fast." And yeah. this might be another another one like. No, that. absolutely, and I, and, I, and I will just sort of close it out with, let's see. Yeah, you know, like see. ultimately, I I had a positive experience. I wrote down to review what I thought needed improvement. Yeah. I got confused during the Landmaster boss fight. It was kind of. Just bizarre because there is a lock-on system that works a bit like Z-targeting and it just didn't work out in the way that I would hope. But I do want to play that game again. I, I like to do it. And like some of the things we haven't talked about are like the you know the different things that happen in the levels, right? Like the, the spiders. Fun. The spiders come out of the yeah, boxes yeah. and they climb up the tower, so you got to stop them. So suddenly you got to think differently. You got to think, how do I fly around the tower to get them yeah, off? Yeah. Then you transform to the chicken walker and like find them on. the... <laughs> he calls it the chicken walker. You fight him on. But, the, but that's on the what ground. I enjoy the most. That, that was I'm fun. Able to, All of that. to freely tackle. So all range mode to me in the past, and you guys can correct me if you don't agree, but it was. A lot of sail past the target, come back, right. sail past the right. target, come back, and a lot of. I mean, it was a dogfight, but the ability to stop and go, no, you know what? We're taking this to the ground, baby, and just transform, <laughs> turn into Paris Chicken Walker, shoot at things, take off again, go in a different direction. Like I really like that because yeah. it ultimately it lets me tackle the level the way I want to and discover things. And the thing that makes me super happy because it speaks to my my old, you know. Star Wars fandom is when you figure out that there's certain things you can fly into and blow up a generator inside. Like right. you know, you you can defeat this. I showed you the boss. Yeah, at the you end can of defeat. The first stage. Uh, you can defeat something by firing on the dishes outside or the big blinking red buttons and spots and stuff. Or you can fly inside, and that makes yeah. it so. You cool. shoot off one piece, and he'll say, "Don't let them in." And I'm like, mm, "What does that mean?" And then you notice there's a corridor, but you're like, "Can I fly in there?" Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't. And then you find a core and you shoot it apart, and you're in. Which yeah. is funny. I noticed in that part, you actually. Go in with the chicken walker, yeah, right? the yeah, little yeah, yeah. leg guy, yeah, and you can just kind of hang out in there for a while. To which I was thinking, like, what's going on outside? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it makes um, sure the, you know, and Slippy's be, getting shot up out there. Yeah, it would be cool if there was even a co-op uh, iteration of that, right? Where one person outside is running a screen while the other person inside is right. playing something. But this game doesn't yep. have online. Yep. It, it does. It seems very bare bones, which is sad when you think of a big holiday game. But let's move on because we've been talking about this for a while. On a more positive note, let's move over to Zelda Triforce Heroes. Yeah. They changed the way you spell Triforce. I have a problem with they that. Capital F on it. Space Force. Oh, like, Tri-Space no. Force. Ooh. Yeah, there's a space in between, but that's a silly point. They'll I'd rather it. talk about that. 
I had a lot of fun playing that game. It's great. It is very fun with people who know what they're doing. I also had an experience of playing with people who did not know what they're doing. I did too when I played with Jose, who's terrible. What? I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's no. a lie. No, we, there's a lot of... You I'm have also that. Zelda Jesus. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, Zelda Jesus. You have this... Uh, there's this push-pull of, of sort of like cooperating and hazing in that game, which I do like. You know, yeah. like I accidentally... I, so I did the totem pole. Which is you pick up one yeah. guy and then somebody else picks up another person and you have three people tall and then I just threw everybody into a pit and I don't mean to but it's just like haha okay but this game is not about the friendly competition hazing part because yeah it's not four in swords. four swords you want to also win you right. want to get through something but with a oh, little yeah. help from your friends but yeah. you want to get the most triangles yeah. right. In this one, you have a shared health meter. I know. So it's when bad. you throw your friends in the pit, man, it comes back to bite you, it's, Brian. It's still funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's still funny. Don't <laughs> throw your friends in a pit. I'm no, still learning. learning. And and uh, some of the harder levels really require you to think about it. And it does set up a strange environment where when that game goes online and it doesn't have voice chat because it doesn't. We know that already. Um, it does set up the problem of, well, how, then how do you communicate to other players what you're supposed to do? Well, did you see on the bottom screen it had the commands? Over here. So it has that command icons, and it's much bigger and clearer, I think. Yeah, and there is a yeah. clever side to it, too, in that if I'm in a certain spot doing something and I want to see how you're doing, I just tap your portrait on the bottom yeah. screen and the camera shifts yeah. to where you are but to show me what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, there's like, there's like a 10 emojis down there. Yeah, oh just, my god, pom-poms. Yeah. Pom-poms so, all day. Yeah. So the folks I was playing with, so first of all, at the beginning of the game, you actually pick your outfit, right? They're different outfits with, with different powers. I yeah. picked the, the temple yeah. uh, level and I picked uh, the Kukiri outfit, mm. which meant that I have boosted arrows. Instead of shooting one arrow, I shoot three. Isn't it interesting to see Nintendo get really into that stuff? Like, yeah. We saw it in Super Smash Brothers, we saw it in Splatoon, the sort of like outfit based buffs. Yep. You know, it's kind of cool. And then, it is very they, destiny. I do want to say yeah. it is very but, destiny. But what happens then there, you know, you like you walk up and there is one bow and arrow and there were two bombs. And like I'm playing with others. I'm like, ah, I'm the arrow guy. I'm the arrow guy. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. It does gotta, help determine yeah. like what, what item you should pick up. And it's yeah. interesting because I didn't notice this until the director of the game, Shikata, pointed this out. But because I, I didn't get a ton of hands on time before we spoke, yeah. but each level will tell you what the items are in it. Mm-hmm. You will know then, okay, if I wear the that yep. like whatever suit, I think it was Kukiri. a Kokiri suit, you had the ability to shoot three hours. I will say though that he described that you're picking up material in that game to then get costumes and outfits made. Oh, and man. what I was thinking about, and I asked someone at the demo that we were at, is like, well, is there any materials? Like, do I get to see any of that in yeah. this demo? And they're like, no, it's not here. And I kept thinking about it. I'm like, well, in a link between worlds, there was a ton of material you picked up, but you never turned it into anything. Yeah. Remember, you could like get potions made. Yeah, yeah. You never needed them though, because that game yeah. was pretty easy. Yeah. So I can see it now, where like you're gonna find materials just dropping from enemies, and you're gonna grab that stuff. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be similar in that one-to-one way from the way that game handled. And I kind of asked about that. I was like, you know, like I love Zelda temples; they're awesome. But I'm also like, I love the the overworld in these mm-hmm. games too. And does this game have one of those? And they're like, well, yeah, it has something. There is some sort of like town or area or place mm-hmm. outside of the designated uh, sort of missions that you yeah. go on, where you can probably turn in material and make new suits. There's probably you can play it alone. They said, uh, yeah, you can play it alone, and you'll play with two other dolls as you're, and you can swap between yeah. like the characters as dolls. I will say though, I just realized this. This is very Monster Hunter. In yeah. a lot of ways, yeah. it is. It is very much like there is a hub town that is going to connect probably all yeah. of those spaces. You're going to yeah. go there to cash in, take things to get made. Um, I will say uh, a couple of other, like just the, the the puzzle design was really good. Like we, we died on a boss and I was just yep. like, holy cow, this can get hard. We did too. I like this. Like we had a boss we had to fight. Um, in order to actually hit him, we had to stack up two characters. Yeah. So I had to pick somebody up with a bomb to throw a bomb into the boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it shut down and I tossed that person up there to attack. And then the boss came back with one additional level. So now you had to go, oh crap, I got to get those other two bomb yeah. guys now, put them on yeah. top, throw them on it. And then <clears> we were down to two hearts. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get hearts. I'm like, you guys fight them. So I ran away. You have the Pegasus boots in the demo. Mm-hmm. You could already yeah. do the fast run. Uh, ran away, quickly grabbed some hearts and came back. And yeah. I really love that interplay and like 
that's going to be lost if you're playing online without that's communication. That's what worries me. But, that um, what worries me. But, it, but, like, man, it felt good. It looked good. It yeah. did not show well in the digital event. No, no it, 3DS game it, does, right, when you blow it up. Yeah. None of them. But yeah. on the 3DS and, uh, you know, the, the 3D effect's beautiful, just like in Link like Between Worlds. Yeah. Um, I played. I wanted to play the next level and keep on going. It was really fun. Okay. Yeah, it's great. So let's move over then to, oh, man, Super Mario Maker. So that made an amazing showing oh, at the man. Nintendo yeah. World Championships. Talk about the environment at IGN so, watching that. So it, at IGN, we have, at during E3, we have something we call the War Room, which is just this massive room where all the editors and video people and everybody get together to watch all the press conferences and news stories get written, news videos get filmed, everything. Everything is created in that one room those first few days. And the Nintendo World Championships were airing in the room, and everyone was gathered around the television. Like, 100 people were screaming, yelling, <laughs> clapping, cheering. It was like we were watching the NBA Finals. I was, I was standing up and yelling at just watching these professional players play these Mario levels that I've never seen before that were completely insane. Yeah. And there was that shock factor and then that cheering of, of watching them overcome something that you just found out existed. And I remember growing up, and I love The Wizard. I, even though now, as an adult, I know it's a, it's a promotional tool. Yeah. But The Wizard, uh, the most unrealistic thing about that movie is that they showed Super Mario Brothers 3 for the very first time in that movie. It was de- that game was debuted in that film. And people were playing it for the first time and they were doing things like getting the secret warp whistles and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's not possible. Nobody would ever play a game that, that something like that they'd never seen before and then be so awesome at it. But you throw professional Mario players at these brand new Mario Spain levels runners. and it's, it's a feat. It's an incredible thing to watch. And what's, yeah. what's awesome about this game is that it is the gift that will continue to give and give and give. They had something like 60 different or 40 different levels on the show floor. Um, that you could just go through, and each one of them was completely different than the rest. Some of them were ones where the screen automatically scrolls, and they were violent and crazy and chaotic. Yeah. There were there were a few that I played that were I played one that was just one screen that was basically a wall, an entire horizontal line of spikes, and there was one gap, and yeah. you had to jump. From, Mario had to do the suicide dive through that one hole and land on top of a flagpole. And that's the entire level. But since the game clocks where Mario players are dying, you saw X's all over it. It was just a graveyard. It was the Dark Souls of It was Mario. Dark Souls. <laughs> so there's something really special about it. And I remember, go, I was, remember seeing... <laughs> I'm I, sorry, I find that yeah, No, it's awesome. I, uh, I remember seeing Mario Maker last year and being very wowed by it and going, kind of felt like... You know, the, this, this, these tools have been available to the PC modding community for the longest time now, yeah. right? Where people have been making their own Mario levels. But Nintendo sort of made that street legal. You know, like they took... Street legal? They did. It, they made it so good. And they made yeah. it awesome. And they put in that sort of level of polish and touch that you could only expect from them. Um, the the charm in this, in this is incredible. And being able to switch between every Mario game and watching how they play. Like, wall jumping plays a major role in the new Super Mario Brothers yeah. series, but it doesn't exist in the first one. You know, or you look at uh, watching a sort of the Wigglers swim underwater for the first time. Yeah. I was calling them Sea Wigglers, because they're just, it's just so strange. Seeing the Karibo shoe is now a high stiletto. I saw cheap cheeps on fire yeah. coming out of lava. And you can just, the actual, and Pear, I want you to talk about this a little bit, but actually, creating a stage is incredible, because oh, you yeah. can actually, you can take a, one, a question block and put anything you want in it. You can put a fish inside it. You can put a, a you know, a bomb, anything but you want. But they take time to get right. And that's something that I was so remiss about trying at E3 because I really wanted to take my time and I turned yeah. behind. There was like 40 people yeah. want to play and I'm yeah. like, damn it, this yeah. is not the place for this. But so, 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 so good. Like, I, I mean that. I've been telling everybody I meet at E3, I'm like, Mario Maker is better than you think it is. Oh, yeah. And like, people are saying, I think it looks amazing. I'm like, it is better than it's you think. It's better than you think. The, you play a level, I played one, there was a Zelda-themed one. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody created a Zelda-themed yeah. level. Um, you know, obviously it's a tile set from Mario, but they, yeah. they use the you Amiibo to unlock the Link character. Oh, you, so you get the special mushroom, and yeah. you go through doors, and it's like Lost Woods style, like you come out in a different corner. Yeah. It was just really, really fun. 
Um, and then I went into the creation tool and it, the sense of discovery and the UI is so freaking good. I can't like I grab, I put a cannon down and I'm like just messing around, right? So I grab a blooper and put him in the cannon and of course the cannon shoots out the blooper then. And then I shake the blooper and he gets all these little blooper babies around him, right? right. Like you shake things just to see what happens and it, it changes the green turtle to a red turtle and the red turtles aren't the ones that fall off yeah. the, and the stages and you add wings to them and they fly and it's like, what is going so on? It's so cool. Cool. It doesn't. The, the rabbit hole doesn't go perhaps as deep as Oops. a Minecraft, but this is where that comparison comes from for me. Where yeah. Minecraft turned into a game where you wanted to find out what happens when I put this with this. Yeah. So, and that's where you mentioned cheap cheeps on fire, cheap cheeps out of the what? fish, right? Yeah. I did a water level. I did a water level and put Goombas in, and they're like floating around like idiots, right? Yeah. Then I put wings on the underwater Goomba, and it swims like a freaking squid. Yeah, yeah. You know? and and it was pointed out to so me cool. that you can build a level on land and then switch it's on the water and it completely changes the yeah. way the level plays yeah. 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 and I think that that ultimately is like it's such a it's such an interesting thing about that game Yeah, I can't wait to see like I know right now Miyamoto and Tezuka mm -hmm. are the faces of that product because they have been with Mario every step of the way for 30 years but I will say I would be curious to find out more about the team that made that thing and, you know, how old are those guys? Are these, like, the newer school at Nintendo kids? You know, the guys who are coming up through the ranks? And if they are, I hope that some of them get to be front and center facing for... Just to let everyone know, like, this is where this idea came from. Right. It was, it, imagine if it was a it is, team. It would have been so easy for this to be, like, kind of like the old load runner, like, level creation tools where it's all slow and you place these things and it takes a long time. But they made that fun. They and made the aspect the of part, creation you know? so fun. So, like, I, you know, I, 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 I'm also on Podcast Beyond. I'm a big PlayStation guy yep. as well. Um, Media Molecule, I feel like they've been trying to get something like this right with yep. Little Big Planet for the longest time and there's so much you can do with those games but Nintendo just kind of stepped up and they simplified it's not it daunting it's not daunting right. like little, little big planets and there's that. there is something amazing about the idea of knowing that there are now an infinite number of awesome Mario levels coming so that's remember, really cool to think about remember in the past when we talked about this game we were all worried about the distribution part mm -hmm. the level sharing yeah. right that it was going to be gamed it's not it's really well done. The game ranks levels by easy, normal, and difficult, not based on you saying it is an expert level, but by how many people actually complete it, how yeah. hard it is. And you have to be able to complete a level because you are not allowed to upload a level. It will not let yeah. you upload it unless you beat it yeah. first. Well, and yeah. there's and also, you know there will yeah. be like speedrunners who create levels that will be impossible yeah, to beat. Yeah, yeah. You know? no, and there's a few other things that you can do that I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this. You can download a level. Let's say, Perry, mm -hmm. you made a masterpiece, but I noticed in your masterpiece at floor and I would like to change it. I can download your level, go into edit mode, make that change. It's all local, but I am not allowed to re-upload your yeah. level because that would be stealing. Yeah. That's really smart. I think that limiting people, creators, to 10 off the bat is a smart way to sort of hold back over flooding the love the, the basically the with online crap, servers yeah. with crap it also, or with stuff that people aren't playing like yeah. if people go to Brian Altano's levels and like Brian's levels and give him stars you earn the ability to have more levels yeah. uploaded to that space and we asked them how many they said it's a large number but we're not ready to tell everybody which, which, yeah. which forces people to make good levels, you know, and, and not just like spamming everything and hitting upload just because you can. But the one thing this game is missing to me, and I'm surprised they have not said a word about it yet, and I wonder if between now and September they will say something. Luigi? Uh, no, that's all right, in yeah. there. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube uh -huh. integration for people right. to share their creations and people playing those stages, like an upload, a replay upload yeah. to YouTube. Yeah. Nintendo's big about having their, think about it, Mario Kart 8, Smash Brothers. Take this game and put that that system in there, and people will be uploading the craziest things they see, showing their runs through them and why they're either really good at Mario or they're terrible so at Mario. Let me let me ask you guys a question then. What do you think this means for the future of Nintendo developed Super Mario Brothers games? It's interesting, right? Because it could be the two D Mario to end all Mario's. Yeah. 
but and it it has a ton of items in it by the way right like the demo version we played had like three rows only yeah or, yeah there's you know, about five or six rows but then you scroll down and there's all these empty rows yeah, is yeah. that all gonna be filled with items yes and, yes yeah. and tokens and there's sprites of everything have you seen the yeah. 8-bit browser what? browser sprite from like oh it's so good what, what it means I think is that it will force Nintendo for the next 2D Mario game to do something that's different and very I think, original I yeah. think this is where you know your Mario Sunshine comes in with a water pack where in order for people to be excited about another 2D Mario game it's gotta have something yeah. very unique in but I also think this opens up the back door for them to support this game for a very long time until that happens yeah. and I do believe that like firmly because you have a community that's tirelessly working to make things yeah. you know how many people love the original Super Mario Brothers I mean we all are part of that that, that era that grew up around it yeah. and we know people who know what Mario is even though they don't know what video games are very much anymore totally. to think of the powerful creation tool set that they're giving everyone and that they can, if they want to, either make things or just find cool things to play. I think that says a lot about that this game's going to be around for a while. Did, did you uh, try out the sub-level creation? So, I've heard about it. I have not tried so, it. So, yeah, you just drag a green pipe yeah. and then you drag your character to it and it goes broop, and it goes down and it creates a sub-level. Yeah, and, and it's instantly connected. You can drag it to be long or short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You make them huge if you want. Uh, that's awesome because yeah, like no, all is. these things I didn't really think about I'm like I assumed it's gonna be it was gonna be very simple it is you know when you talked about a Zelda maker they already solved that man they already solved the overworld and dungeon setup with a very simple mechanic by dragging the pipe somewhere and then opening a different screen it's it's okay. really well I hope done. that does happen. I mean, I, there are it's, a lot of people on the internet who have told me there's no way that's going to happen. And no. I say to you, if this game takes off, it absolutely will. It is. I mean... And when you think about the new Super Mario Brothers, sales-wise, blew the doors off. Like, it, it sold so well on Wii. And that this game taps into that audience that was buying those games. And it, it very much the, the mainstream 2D Mario, those people exist who only want to play those. Yeah. Sadly, more than Galaxy. And that kills me inside. It yeah. kills all of us inside. Yeah. Yeah. But this was a really smart play. A very, very, very smart play. That is, I mean, it is one of the best games on the show floor. It, it is. Really, really good. All right. Let's get through maybe one more game. And then we gotta, we kind of got to call it because we need to go. We need to yeah. go pack up our that stuff. Is the show floor Closes in forty minutes. So. <laughs> oh right, man! All right, so one more game to round this out. What, what do we have? Uh, I mean, we can talk about Yoshi's Woolly World. Xenoblade. I mean, about... to me, at this point, we talked about well, Xenoblade. Let's talk about, playable. Let's talk about huh? playable stuff. Not, yeah, not yeah, but like, I feel like we've seen more of what we've already seen, right? Like, it looks of it too. Yeah, yeah. it looks good. It, it looks, looks good. Oh, did you guys play a Mario and Luigi Paper Jam? No. Okay, so let me it. tell you. So this is, it basically feels like an Alpha Dream game with the Paper Mario characters in it, and I think it's yep. cool. So in the Alpha Dream uh, Mario and Luigi RPG series, you have two buttons that control both of them independently, right? And in battle mode, when you are fighting Goombas or when you are fighting enemies, you are basically dodging. There's all that real-time stuff that you like because it's actually good. It sort of brings you into that combat. This game introduces a third character, and that's the Paper Mario mm -hmm. character. And that person has their own abilities, their own set of unique properties that you yeah. don't want to play to. Um, I had a lot of fun figuring out what to do in the RPG area. They also showed sort of that Papercraft Mario. My only concern for this game, and I hope this has been fixed, is that, and we've talked about it on this show before, Mario and Luigi Dream Team loved to hold you by the hand and yeah. talk you to death. Chatty, and yeah. It was chatty as heck. And even though it was charming, left and right, that wore on me to the point that I didn't want to play. And that was one of my most anticipated 3DS games that year. Yeah. I hope this game finds a way around that because yeah. what I played, I was interested in. It had all the real-time stuff that I really appreciate about Mario RPG games. Sort of winding up and waiting for that perfect moment yeah. for the hammer to then drop it down on an enemy. Dodging at uh, attacks, which I think was a brilliant thing that no RPG I had played before the Mario & Luigi series had. This, this series continues to have, but I do feel like the two best Mario and Luigi RPG games so far have been Superstar Saga and Bowser's Inside Story. I have not cared for another one since those, between those two. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this is the one that fixes that. I like, I'm a big fan of crossover games because it, it introduces, like it gives you two different types of, of gameplay that you love and then mixes it up where it feels like you have much more variety, yeah. right? And like, I love, 
I love the Paper Mario stuff so much, right? Mm-hmm. Like the battle system was great, yeah. and like I love the kind of the art style. Sure, um, I'm actually very excited for this. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm ca- I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, we'll why, why so? Let's hear. Well, because I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of the Mario and Luigi uh-huh. games, but I am a big fan of the Paper Mario. Games. Did you like Bowser's Inside Story, or you didn't um, care for it? It it didn't. I, I was into it for a little while. I didn't finish it. And Superstar Saga was probably the last one. Yeah, you that that, that one actually that. like actively pushed me away. I respect yeah. that. Okay, yeah. okay, but we'll see. Enough. All right, we will see. I think we should end there because yep. there's a lot going on. Oh, Mario Tennis Ultra Slam. That was playable. That show. Play? Yeah, I played it just it's really quickly. It's a Wii U game. It is a Wii U game coming yeah. out in this holiday. So there was a rare sighting of a Wii U game, and it um, seeing it running, uh, it again, runs at 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very smooth looking. This Beautiful. game's always super fun. Yeah. You know, it's just... We'll we'll see how much new stuff it adds to make it feel fresh again. Yeah, I didn't see enough to suggest that there. I mean, it had the Mega Mushroom, which was cool. It's very tough to tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That game didn't show well to me. Like, of course, it's Mario Tennis. It is a known quantity, but I didn't feel like. Well, here's what makes this one really good. We did play against each other, and we had fun. I will say that. But I feel like it was kind of like that kind of fun we have if we just whip out Mario Party one day. Yeah. And you and I play through that. And it's it's a fun one-time thing, but then we walk away for a while and go play. So I'll say there's going to be a ton of power-ups in the final version. This one only had the Mega Mushroom, Uh, and it it popped out every 30 seconds. Well, Uh they wanted to show it off, clearly, right? So it was just constantly you would see that growing animation, and they would fight each other. But it's fun. It's definitely – it controls really well. It's tight. It, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I found some issues with uh, playing the back when you're when you're seeing behind your character's back and you're serving. Like it's a lot easier be, than it yeah, is to, yeah, to kind of the other guy be all the way in the corner and be like, oh man, I hope I can hit this. But you know that's a problem that happens to both players because you do switch sides. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how they kind of solve for that. But, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah it's we cool. got to play a friendly game and it it ran fine. It looked fine. I just need to see more. Um, and it's a reveal for it, which sadly, yeah. like to me, it just didn't have enough. Behind Behind it, but it was solid. Yeah, no, I will admit that. Yeah, great. It, it looked right. good. I mean, that's again, that's most of the games you saw at the booth. When you looked at them, you saw a lot to like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they all looked better than they looked in the digital event. Not just because of online streaming, but I thought the footage that was chosen wasn't the strongest always. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm more. I was way more excited about Nintendo's games after seeing them at the booth. Okay. But it is Mario Maker and Triforce Heroes. Are the two standouts for me? They they are they are awesome looking. Can't Absolutely. wait to play more. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. Our show live, guerrilla style, from yeah. my hotel room. Apparently, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We're a weekly show on IGN, but we're not the only show on IGN. In fact. Hopefully, you will have a very special episode of Beyond. And if you don't, or Unlocked, and if you yeah. didn't this week, you will get those shows next week. Of course. Absolutely back in the office. Hopefully, everything gets tossed together quick enough yep. that we can do something. We are going to continue talking about Nintendo at E3 there, go through a few more games, and talk about what we feel is going to be coming in the next year. And, of course, you can always send us your feedback. Email us at nbc at IGN.com or head on over to iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Twitter as well. You can find Per Schneider at Per IGN. You can find Brian at Agent Bizzle. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry for the audio quality. And next week, we will have a bang-up show for you, we promise. Enjoy the rest of E3. We'll see you around. Na 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 na